This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey everyone, my name is Allison Graves and welcome to Coronavirus in Florida, a podcast of the Tampa Bay Times. This episode was released on Monday, April 20th. On this show, we'll talk to experts and reporters, share the facts behind the spread of the virus, and discuss what could happen next. In today's episode... A little more than a month ago, retired Hillsborough Fire Chief Bill Nesmith and his partner Joan Gee touched down on the island of Puerto Rico for an annual bowling tournament. At the time, there were only a handful of confirmed cases of coronavirus in Florida, and the country was operating like it used to. But not even a week into their trip, the president announced travel restrictions, and the couple decided to head back home early. After returning to Florida, however, Nesmith, who is 71, got pneumonia and ended up spending five nights in the hospital isolated from his friends and family. Meanwhile, his partner Guy waited at home. They didn't know it at the time, but Nesmith and Guy both had coronavirus, but their symptoms were very different. My colleague Christopher Spada has their story. So, Christopher, can you take us back to when this all started? I mean, we kind of have to go back to where we were all at on March 8th, um, which is there were only 10 cases in the whole state, uh, not the 20,000 plus cases that we have now. And then we didn't have widespread restrictions on travel. The bars and restaurants were still open. Um, We were still working in the office. Um, Everyone wasn't working from home. And people were moving about their business. This couple, Bill Nesmith and Junkie, they love the bowl. And there's an annual international bowling tournament in Puerto Rico that they go to. And it was they had planned this vacation for a while, and they said, we're, we're going to go. Um, they get there, and they're around people from all over. Everything's fine. Nobody's really talking about coronavirus too much as far as what they remembered, but About three days in, one big thing happens, and that's when the president addresses the nation. To keep new cases from entering our shores, we will be suspending all travel from Europe to the United States for the next 30 days. 
The new rules will go into effect Friday at midnight. That night was kind of a turning point um, in a lot of people's minds um, for how much they started paying attention to it. Uh, so not, not so much because of the virus, but because they were worried about their flight being canceled or something getting screwed up with their travel. They said, we're going to come back a, a little bit early just to be on the safe side. Um, but before they came back, the night before they came back, they went out to a casino and uh, they, they're playing blackjack. They take a seat at a table and there's a guy two seats down from them who is really, as they remember it, just like coughing his head off. And, and there was a young guy that was uh, sitting a couple tables down from me, a couple chairs down from me. And he was uh, just coughing and wiping his um, nose on his sleeve and, and everything. And it really got me concerned. And so my girlfriend, she went to the management of the, uh, uh, of the, uh, the place and uh, they went up went over to him and they had him removed. They don't know if that man they saw at the casino gave them coronavirus, right? They don't know, and they're never going to know exactly where it came from. They've had some health officials tell them that it seems that's most likely, um, and that's just because that was the only obviously sick person that either of them had been around, but they could have contracted it during their, their travels. They could have contracted it from someone else that came in contact while they were in Puerto Rico. Um, because the incubation period is still kind of hazy, it's, it's impossible for them to know. So what happened after they visited the casino? The, the governor of Puerto Rico announces there's three people who have tested positive. They fly home the very next morning. Even though we had had a, a great time there, we did not want to stay an extra night or anything like that. I mean, you know, we had, we had done our thing as far as bowling and, and all that, and, and we just really wanted to get back home and went, didn't want anything to go along uh, with our flights back, back to the States. So over the next few days, uh, Bill Nesmith starts coughing. And it gets worse to the point where um, they end up going to the emergency room. And at the emergency room, they, they checked them out and they said, yeah, you have pneumonia. At the time, uh, they, they made the decision to test him for the coronavirus. Mm -hmm. But they, at the time, they felt that he was doing well enough that he was better off being at home. Um, so they, they made the call to send him home. Um, with just antibiotics, they gave him a Z pack, and uh, he went home and, and started taking that. At the hospital, his discharge papers stated that he had pneumonia, and they told him he had pneumonia. And they also tested him for the COVID virus that day, but they told him it would be a few days before the results would be back. So he came home, and two days later, I took him back to the hospital because his breathing, he started laboring in his breathing, and I was really getting concerned. This time when they bring him to the hospital, they are assuming that he has the coronavirus, um, and they isolate him immediately in his room. He can't leave his room. Um, they put him on oxygen, continuous oxygen, and... Now he's there, and only certain people can come in 
um, who are the doctors who are working in this unit and they're wearing full protective gear. Um, you know, not just masks, but probably the, the shield that you've seen and, uh, some of the other coverings. Um, and, and he is just really feeling worse and worse. Um, we talked about just being drained and, uh, feverish and horribly bored too. Um, and he's, he's just stuck there for nights on end. So you, first of all, you have to realize that I'm a, uh, an individual that hardly ever gets sick. So this this really uh, knocked me knocked me out almost. I, mean, I was uh, I was not feeling well. I, I just uh, you know the, uh, the coughing and the, uh, felt like I was going to throw up and, and all that kind of stuff. I it, it just I was not feeling well at all and. Uh, I knew I had a fever, and uh, all I wanted to do was just lay around, and, and that's all I did for the, uh, the five uh, nights that I was there. Just uh, it, was, uh, it was horrible. I, I really felt bad. He's just wiped out, mm-hmm. um, and he really wants to go home. And he can only talk to people, um, aside from his doctors and nurses over the phone. He can't see anyone. Um, and, and Joan, his girlfriend described, um, phone calls with him that he was coughing so much that she, she had to balance, you know, her desire to check in with him and talk to him with her desire for him not to just cough and cough, um, and, and struggle to breathe, um, because he was trying to talk to her on the phone. I can't go see him. I'm not talking to him. I talked to him every day, but we didn't talk long because he was coughing so bad, and I didn't want him, you know, to have to keep coughing and trying to talk. So it was, yeah, it was very concerning for me. And he kept saying, I want to come home, I want to come home. And, of course, I wanted him to come home. And the day he called and said, they're going to release me, I mean, I couldn't get out the door fast enough. So at this point, when he's in isolation, did they know if Bill had coronavirus? His test had not come back yet. Mm. His test didn't come back until his fifth day in the hospital. Um, And that was a test they'd given him even before he had been admitted to the hospital. Um, So some time went by. Uh, They're assuming that he had it, but they didn't know for sure. And then Joan, a really interesting case, too. She didn't have a lot of the typical symptoms, right? Yes, uh, she was infected as well. And she tested positive um, well, two weeks after she was tested. Uh, that's how long it took her to get her results back. I was sick, but I did not have any of the symptoms that he had. I had gastrointestinal issues going on. I did not have a cough. I did not think I had a fever. Um, and I wasn't experiencing any breathing issues. I just had severe stomach issues going on. The thing that they really wanted to stress, and the thing that Joan especially wanted to stress, was that if I could have this uh, this virus and and feel like I did and have really no idea that that's, that's what was going on, how many other people are out there uh, who might be contagious who also have it and don't realize it? This is two people in the same household um, who, in all likelihood, became infected in the same way at the same time, mm-hmm. who experienced this virus and the symptoms in completely different ways. 
So I kind of want to jump back in time here, back to Bill when he's in isolation. Did he think about his life ending? Did he think about death? Yeah, I mean, Bill's retired and he's already made some arrangements. He he told me that he had a living will. You know, uh, I, I, I did think about that. However, I... You know, I've got, you know, a living will, and, and uh, I've got everything planned out. I'm, I'm 71 years old, so, uh, you know, uh, I, uh, I've i got everything planned out and everything, but, I, yeah, I did think about that. He said the hardest part really was knowing that he might die and that he couldn't see anyone. Uh, he he was only talking to his kids and his grandkids over the phone. Um, so one thing that, that his mind went to immediately when I asked him about that was just that he, he couldn't see anyone. And that's the thing that you hear a lot in some of the stories um, that, that we've done about people who's, you know, uh, who've died from this disease is that they died uh in a, in a way, they died alone, and not being not being able to see any any of my relatives or anything. But you know, but they called, so I was I was able to talk to them. I, I'd be uh, dishonest if I told you I didn't think about it. But uh, uh, I survived, and I'm you know I couldn't be happier in that regard. So. Um, When did he start feeling better? I mean, we know he survives all of this. It's five. It, he spends five days in isolation, and then what happens? Yeah, so on the sixth day, they are seeing that his pneumonia is starting to, to clear up or has cleared up to the point where they're not so concerned about that anymore, and his vital signs are all strong. Uh, and he's feeling a little bit better. He still doesn't feel great uh, at this point, but... Doctors told him that they felt it was best for him to finish recovering at home at that point and that it was safe for him to do that. Bill said that only just this week has he started to really feel well enough to get up and move around. And he's an active guy. He likes to get up early in the morning. He likes to go to the beach and he likes to bowl. Um, But even after he came home, he was really just in bed, wiped out. And Joan was, uh, you know, really working hard to make sure that he was eating and drinking because he he had no appetite. I mean, this week is really when he started feeling better. Um, you know, he he lost a lot of weight. He had no appetite. We both lost our sense of taste. I could not taste. That was the only symptom that I was starting to show this whole mm-hmm. time was that I lost my sense of taste, and so did Bill, and he had no appetite. So his first week home was rough for him. The only good part about it was that I lost 40 pounds, but I, I haven't been able to do that any other way. What lessons did you learn from interviewing him and Joan? We've written some stories about people who've, who've had the coronavirus that have ended really tragically. Um, we've written stories about some of the people who were the first confirmed cases in the Tampa Bay area uh, who have died. And the majority of people aren't going to die if they get this disease. The majority of people are going to recover. Um, that doesn't mean that it's not extremely 
dangerous and that you're at, um, that you're not at, at a high risk of something bad happening if you contract it. But I, I wanted to write this story because we need to show that some people are going to get it and they are going to recover, even those who are uh, 71 years old and with high blood pressure. I guess what struck me, and this was something that she said as well, is you know don't assume, never assume that you don't have it. Take all the precautions you can to keep other people safe. If you start feeling sick in any way, go to the emergency room and get checked out. And I'm living proof of that. I do not have the symptoms. And Bill is living proof that he did have the symptoms. And thank goodness, you know, we both survived. They both told me that they're still wearing masks, not only to protect other people, because they've been cleared to go back outside again. Um, They still have to social distance like everyone else. Um, but even so they're, they're wearing masks anytime they go in public, not only to protect other people, but because they really don't know if they can get it again. Mm-hmm. And it was such a miserable experience for Bill, especially that he does not want to take any chance of getting it again. Well, folks, that does it for today's episode. You can read Christopher's full story on tampabay.com. And as always, for the latest information on coronavirus in Florida, you can visit tampabay.com slash coronavirus. Please consider subscribing or making a donation to support this work. You can find links to donate or subscribe in the description of this podcast. We're also officially up and running on almost all podcast platforms. So please subscribe, rate, and review us. This has been Coronavirus in Florida. Thanks for listening. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com style. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com.